Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, where two guys in their early 40s look at the latest trends in entertainment and quite possibly declare, what in God's name is wrong with the world these days? Or perhaps, if they're lucky, they say, wow, there's some hope for humanity after all. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. I'm a filmmaker in New York, and uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Noah Tarno of the Big Quiz Thing out in San Francisco. We are talking about the current incumbent sitting host of the venerable pop culture institution, The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. James Thomas Fallon. Of Is that his real City. name? That's his, his real full name. name. Yeah, yeah. And he, cap, he was born in New York. You can get. Apparently, yeah. I think, he, or he grew up okay. in Saugerties, but yeah, I think he was born somewhere nice. down here. But uh, Bill, why don't you give the quick fact file on James Thomas Fallon the twelfth? Well, there's not much to say. I mean, he he auditioned for SNL in '98. He was on the show from '98 to 2004. I think he almost like took over the spiritual role that Adam Sandler had in terms of being a, a cute guy with a guitar. He was really known for corpsing a lot on the air, right? And after <laughs> after 2004, he had a pretty shaky career making feature films. He did Taxi with uh, Queen Latifah. Right. Right. Not much beyond that. And so uh, what happened afterwards is that he was kept in a holding pattern by Lauren Michaels and uh, with the idea that he would be hosting a TV show that eventually come up uh, after Conan O'Brien went off the air. So Late Night with Jimmy Fallon came about 2009, I believe. And uh, right. he managed to essentially fall upwards and get The Tonight Show after the Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno thing blew up. So he's been on The Tonight Show since 2014. My take, you mentioned Lauren Michaels. And I was a Saturday Night Live addict as a kid, late 80s early 90s but I remember watching SNL maybe in 03 04 and they were doing this thing where they were literally putting Fallon in every sketch oh yeah sure to the point where it became like the Jimmy Fallon show with a bunch of other people so my impression has always been for whatever reason he was Lord Michael's boy I mean do we want to launch it to what we think of this or do we want to talk about how popular he is I mean how popular is he I you know to be honest I don't know if we're here to gauge how popular he is I don't think either of us can accurately answer that question I mean we could we could say you know, based on observations, look—he hosted the Golden Globes this year. He's yes. had all—he's had all these sort of low-hanging fruit type things come his way. I don't know if that's a gauge of how popular he is. Mostly because you know, I don't know if anybody who's actually watching him or pays attention to this guy and the job and the job <laughs> that he's doing. I obviously know he's well liked because he keeps coming up across in uh, pop culture. He's sort of ubiquitous. To your point, though, I think that Lorne had this idea that he was the guy he wanted to put uh, serious bank on, and I don't know if Lorne—I don't know if Lorne Michaels had ever done that before with a guy. Uh, or at least to this degree, he hadn't really thought, I'm going to groom you into the star of the future of tomorrow. And so, you know, what we see now is this real long vision by Lorne Michaels. Come on, if you're Lorne Michaels, you've produced Saturday Night Live for, for most of its near 40-year existence. Yeah. Or I guess 30 years at that point. And this kid comes along and you put him in every sketch. I mean, that is faith. They didn't do that with John Belushi. They didn't do that with Dan Aykroyd. They didn't do that with Dana Carvey. They're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But he made a decision when Jimmy Fallon was probably 27 years old that I'm going to hang all of Saturday Night Live on him? That's a hell of a lot of faith in an actor and a comedian. Well, I wonder how much of it was the pressures of the business, how much it was the idea that SNL itself was changing an institution or how much Lorne was aware of how it was changing and how he was going to try to jump in front of the changes so that he had some degree of autonomy in dictating what was coming. And like you said, it's not unusual that when we were younger, they used to put a a singular cast member in a lot of sketches 
coaches. They would they would ride somebody who was a sensation. I mean, they probably did that since the late 80s and the early 90s. But certainly in the early 2000s, that was true. And t- today, if you watch SNL, it's it's like the Kate McKinnon show. And before it was the Kate McKinnon show, it was the Kristen Wiig show. Before it was the Kristen Wiig Is show. Is Kate McKinnon Wolf. in every sketch? I would give her uh, maybe 78%. So it's definitely a big spread. By the way, in terms of how popular Jimmy Fallon is, I just checked. He has about 44 million followers on Twitter. Donald Trump has about 22 million. So take that as you will. But really, this is great, you guys. You guys are the best of the best. You're the best of TV, the best of movies, the best of music. I mean, just look at who we have in the room. I mean, we have Ryan Gosling right there. There he is. Amazing job. Such an amazing job in La La Land playing a jazz pianist in Hollywood. By the way, don't Google Ryan Gosling penis. It's a, uh, trust me, it's an HR nightmare. Uh, I... I hate Jimmy Fallon. I hate him. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, let's say this. I don't, he doesn't strike me as a bad guy. I don't wish any bad things to happen to him. I will accept that he's a hard worker. Certainly, I don't think he just sits on his ass and doesn't do anything. When I say I hate him, I think I less hate Jimmy Fallon and more hate the phenomenon. My line on Jimmy Fallon is he is like the standout act at the high school talent show. I think what Jimmy Fallon represents is the downgrading of quality in popular culture. Jimmy Fallon is fine. He's likable. He's he he'll go out there. He's game, but he's just so not great. I mean, and I spent the last week catching up, watching some of these Tonight Show sketches. You know, hardly anyone thinks he's a great interviewer. So yeah. putting that aside, even if you think Jimmy Fallon should be part of the Hollywood entertainment firmament, I don't think hosting the Tonight Show is the ideal place for him. So putting aside the interviews, everyone great. likes the little wacky games he plays and the lip syncing and all that. There's one joke behind 95% of it. Look at these famous people that I get to hang out like they're my buddies. I think it might be instructive if we could somehow pick apart Jimmy Fallon from The Tonight Show. I know this is, it's, it, maybe that's a, a faulty intellectual experiment, but if we separate the man from the thing, because I would agree with you in that maybe he's not fit for The Tonight Show. How many good interviews were there since Dick Cavett? Probably none. I don't think any I think of these Letterman, guys really did I think Letterman job. was a great interviewer. Well, Letterman was a persnickety interviewer, right? Idios- idiosyncratic interviewer. I'm not necessarily he got, thinking he, he was. He got great, st- look, I'm biased toward Letterman, I'll admit. He got great stuff out of people. I think Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers are perfectly fine in that role. They're likable. They're funny enough. They're as much of company men as they need to be while still having some irreverence. You know, they get the job done in my book. I would almost say that with uh, Fallon, you do get a fawning characteristic to his interviews where he's essentially trying to be everyone's best friend. And it just comes comes across as absolute sycophancy, right? And and I almost don't understand if that's intentional, if that's a knee-jerk reaction, if that's something that you can train out of him. This is the, whatever, the third year of The Tonight Show, and he's been on the air for a long time. You figure you would have hit a curve and gotten better. Everybody else does at some point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's pushing him to do that. I mean, there was that one moment where he was rubbing Donald Trump's hair and dude, people were upset dude. with him because he was, you know, he was normalizing Trump. But I don't know if he was chastened by that. I have no idea what's in his head. No, he wasn't chastened. Maybe not. Well, that's why you have a, a synthesis here between Jimmy Fallon, the guy, and the relationship with him and NBC. Some of us are beginning to term it the Vichy Network. <laughs> the guys who run NBC, uh, was it Comcast now, are very much 
much interested in remaining friendly with power, and that has its own uh, sickening sound to it. I'm not into this guy either. I was going to almost couch this by saying, you know, some of the things he does well, right? I was going to say the guy sings well. He does impressions well. His movement is pantomime is very self-assured. He understands those things. He's obviously charismatic. There is a charisma yes. to him for sure. He is a very, but that's what I'm saying, the high school talent show, man. He's the popular kid in school. If, if you're hosting The Tonight Show, if you're a big Hollywood star, you should have unquestionable star power. We should demand that they have it. They have that undescribable thing that since the golden age of Hollywood has just been impossible to look away from. Jimmy Fallon has a credit card that's tucked into Lorne Michaels' pocket. <laughs> okay. He has got the idea that um, he looks like the kind of guy that you employ for a very specific circumstance, but he doesn't get out of hand. He's somebody who does what he's told. He doesn't bite the hand who feeds him. And I yes. assume he must be fairly easy to wrangle and control. I mean, look, I, I, I'll say it again. I grew up worshiping David Letterman. He is my gold standard for these talk show hosts. And what I loved about Letterman as a kid, and I still appreciate about Letterman, is that watching Letterman, you got this feeling like you were watching something that shouldn't be on TV. His irreverence was just stunning. But at the same yeah. time, he gave a forum for these celebrities. You watch it, you learn who these celebrities are. He got them to be real people and to lower their inhibitions and to show you that, you know, I feel like if Letterman in his prime now were interviewing Jimmy Fallon, you'd see a little more of the human Jimmy Fallon. Letterman, I think, had it all. He had that irreverence. He he could be enough of a company man to do what they needed, hype these movies, hype these celebrities, blah, 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 but also just show these people this underside of what entertainment can be. Dave Letterman was a guy who always came across as a little bit of a cranky Midwesterner, right? There was a very plain-spoken Indiananess yep. to him, but he always had a very gruff and maybe even dour image. He just didn't take any shit. He he almost saw yep. through it with, with yep. the uh, the mirth of a merrymaker, right? He was the loyal opposition jester to the court yeah. of show business at the time. I really like Letterman. I grew up with Letterman. However, I'm going to completely default. My favorite is Carson. I don't think that hmm. TV might not have produced a, sing a, a, a better, more fit entity for the picture tube than Johnny Carson. I mean, granted, there are plenty of people who come around from the, the late Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, Lucille Ball, uh, anyone who's been on TV, Jim, Jimmy Gandolfini, John, John Amos, Esther Roll, Sherman Hemsley, whomever. How'd you get there? My God. <laughs> because I'm zipping, I'm, I'm zipping around. I feel like, I feel like you, you can't, you can't talk about the history of TV without Esther Roll and John Amos. <laughs> I like I them both. Like I like them both. Johnny Carson was like the Frank Sinatra of television. Right. He invented a spot, even though he... For its adolescence. If you're talking yeah. its birth, it was Milton Berle or maybe Steve Allen. But Johnny Carson, certainly for the adolescence of TV, yes, he was the Frank Sinatra. And even talk shows. I mean, you still had guys like Douglas in the 60s and 70s. You know, you did have Dick Cavett. You had Kerouac. You had... Uh, K Corp, sorry. You had Ernie Kovacs before that. You had guys like <laughs> Jack, Jack Kerouac. And, same thing. But jo Johnny Carson, he whittled the piece of wood down into a sharp point. I think he was the first guy to almost like weapon it. And again, the thing that he had in common with Letterman, he was another sort of take-no-shit Midwesterner. You know, you read the books about Carson. Carson was a very withheld, withdrawn guy yes. who never confided in anybody. And I mean, personally, reading the book, I just got excited. I feel like, oh man, I would have loved to have had the confidence of a guy like that. You never get that impression with Fallon. Fallon is a guy who's, you know, a born New Yorker from Bay Ridge, and there's something very pliable, wanting to entertain about this guy. Well, he's not making it hard to know him. That's why I almost feel like, is it worth separating him from Tonight Show and being holistic? 
optimistic about it. The things that I think are emblematic of his Tonight Show were emblematic of his performances on SNL and even that thing at the concert for New York City. So in SNL, you said he was well known for cracking up in sketches. I mean, one of the reasons people remember that more cowbell sketch so fondly, among the many funny things in it, what was one of it was Jimmy Fallon losing his shit. I like that sketch too. This is the high school talent show barn burner. This is the kid yep. who kicks ass at the talent show. He wins the trophy. He goes to third base with a cheerleader ahead of the cheerleading team afterwards. And then he goes to college and becomes a dermatologist. Do we separate him from the Tonight Show? No, because the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon is completely different from the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson or for that matter, Jay Leno or for that matter, Conan O'Brien or I assume Jack Parr, even though I never saw it. It's him. got a lot to do with Leno, man. I think the Tonight Show is very much still in the mold of that people-pleasing, giant chin, stand-up comedian. All right, fair enough. Justin. Are you asleep? No. Me neither. Hey, do you know what you're gonna be for Halloween? Yeah, I do. Also, why are we at summer camps in the middle of October? Well, I will say I don't get Jimmy Fallon and I don't like him. I know exactly why he's popular. He masterfully succeeds in the Hollywood show business trick, the thing they've desperately been trying to do for 20 years, to tow the company line, to do what the big money people want, but to fool people into thinking that he's a rebel and he's a cynic and he's showing them behind the scenes. By slurping ramen with James McAvoy and having the two of them have ramen fall out of their mouths and giggle laughing... <laughs> You fool people into thinking that you're seeing these people with their guard down. You're seeing these people as they really are. Meanwhile, oh, they are man. giving away nothing. I watched one of those lip sync things with him and Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is no one's better at that than Tom Cruise. That big smile that Tom Cruise fools people into thinking he's just your buddy. Meanwhile, you know, he's sacrificing goats to the Scientology god back in his castle, I guarantee you. And I'm not doubting that some of these celebrities are up there having the time of their lives doing the lip syncing, slurping the ramen. It doesn't tell us anything. All of his bonhomie is false. It's totally false. The the image of him as your celebrity big brother is a complete yeah. projection. It's a complete construction. And like watching his performance on these shows and seeing how easily he just laughs at people's jokes before they even start telling them. Yes. Well, that drives me insane. He just wants to suck up to Anne Hathaway and so or, or Cooper, Bradley Cooper. He just starts giggling at the prospect of being up on stage with them. And it's it's such a performance of humility. Everything is, is a stage managed performance of corporate uh, synchronicity and, and synergy just designed to sell the, the newest Jennifer Lopez movie or some bullshit uh, Chicago Fire Dick Wolf joint on NBC, something like that. There's a basicness to it. I mean, the lip sync thing is hugely popular. Again, it's a, it's a facile joke. It's relentless. It's not even just facile, it's relentless. The idea that they're constantly bombarding you where, you know, you don't just get one Tonight Show. Like, every single night, you get something that's trying to be four or five different viral moments, whether it's some fucking dance contest with Mike Myers, or if it's some wacky interview where he keeps laughing at, uh, uh, you know, Sia's joke or something like that. 
<laughs> it's trying so hard to overwhelm you with content, and it's turning the idea that there's this, uh, the Tonight Show can't just be something, or not just Tonight Show, but a single hour of programming can't just be an hour of programming. It has to be this balkanized, crumbly piece of feta that just dissolves into a million little pieces that you can populate all over Facebook and YouTube. And there's nothing wrong with that if the jokes are good, and if the jokes are clever. Yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with a tidal wave, an avalanche of, of material, of content. I mean, frankly, there's a line of philosophy that that's the way you have to compete in our current world. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon isn't just throwing out the funny observation. It's nothing. He's just rolling and laughing with his friends, which it's great when you're hanging out with your buddies. But come on, this is The Tonight Show. It's still a throne. And it's we got to do better than that. Do you know what the irony is here, right? Is that Fallon's writing room is uh, some of the best guys who came out of the UCB. S- seriously, some house team guys who were just about cream of the crop. And uh, Lorne and Broadway Video has a first look deal with the Upright Citizens Brigade to essentially, mm. I was going to say poach their talent, but they get a real first-hand look at who's there and the right of first refusal. And so if Lauren is looking to cast a show, if he's looking for a writer's room, if he's looking, I mean, that's where they filled um, Seth Meyers' writer's right. room, and that's where they filled Jimmy Fallon's site. So, I mean, there's some guys who I'm tangentially attached to, who I have casual friendships with, who went from video teams at UCB. They got promotion right to the big show. The caliber of the writer's room is incredible. And I can vouch that for sure. These are some of the sharpest young writers. I apologize to these guys, but I'm not, <laughs> what can I say? I haven't been impressed with the results. I'm not even trying to defend these guys. What yeah. I'm just saying is that there is this DNA inside it and much like you had Tina Fey running the writers room in SNL a lot of the stuff the format of SNL just doesn't lend itself towards a strong piece of entertainment every night for the full 90 minutes you essentially get one sketch people can talk about but the rest of it is just going to be dross that gets thrown away just because they don't have the time and effort to devote to polishing these you know these things into absolute gems well I would say the same thing must be happening it almost doesn't seem written on Fallon it almost seems like it's just conceived and then delivered uh, right. almost like pudding that has yet to settle. I mean, they certainly want people to think, hey, Tom Cruise just came on and is just he's just joking around with Jimmy Fallon and having fun. I, and there are some guys who can come on there. It's like, I believe if uh, John Hamm is on, I can believe that Hamm just feels enough confidence that you, you're you getting what you pay for with Hamm. I don't think yeah, he's trying to yeah. fuck around with you and fool you. But yeah, Tom Cruise is, and is somebody who's benefiting from the media machine of smoothing his image over, trying to make him seem like as a human being rather than a, a Yul Brynner robot from Westworld whose face shield keeps popping off. <laughs> Every time Richard Benjamin throws a glass of acid at him. <laughs> well, oh, let me you're ask such you, a wordsmith. Let me ask you a question. Does he cheapen the entertainment landscape? Yes. I mean, it's what I said before. He lower, we're lowering standards. The Tonight Show should be this avatar. It should it should have the best of the best. If it were just some new talk show that no one gave a shit about, it wouldn't be as big a deal. I have a tangent question. Who... Is he stealing opportunities from? Who, if Jimmy Fallon is the guy in place and he's not doing a good job, who are we not getting a chance to see thrive because this is the current landscape? Well, I don't have specific names. What I have for you is the next generation of comedy. If this is what kids are looking up to as the wacky, funny, irreverent guy now, the next generation is going to be even more bland and even more cliche. So that's who we're missing out on. I'm not that worried about it. Like I said, there's plenty of stuff out there so kids these days can find plenty of irreverent clever funny original things on other tv shows let alone on the web but yeah we're we're missing out on inspiration here but you know maybe that's pointless because again it's not like carson was the big comedic inspiration when we were in high school to me he was man all right but yeah but you you know you're 41 going on 97 so come on um <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, of, if you, I'm a child of Freddie D. Cordova, man. That's where I'm if, at. If you gave me a week, I could come up with the name of someone who, quote, should be hosting the Tonight Show. I mean, look, I, I think Conan O'Brien got screwed. Ironically, he was an unknown when he got late night, and they stuck with him through his growing pains, and he made it into something great. He proved himself to be very capable and, and very funny and very original. I think that Jimmy Fallon is proving that there is no more talk show host. In And not only is there no job for a guy like Conan O'Brien, no one even has a memory of what he used to do well besides the few of us wandering the landscape covered in uh, uh, leprosy rags shifting from city to city with our limbs falling off i think i agree with you in principle certainly i mean i think there's still some hunger for what conan o'brien does especially among people older than us who keep in mind there's still millions and millions of living baby boomers yeah i mean look this is why i get it why fallon's popular he understands the zeitgeist that you're right maybe the art of the talk show as johnny carson established it as letterman developed it or whatever uh, is dead and now it's more just the viral video machine and he is the big money Hollywood big network TV show viral video machine the world needs that and or the world thinks it needs it or the world certainly got a place for it and maybe Jimmy Fallon is the perfect person delivering it but I don't like it I don't have to like it (laughs) the talk show as a form is moribund especially after Stewart goes off the air and there's been no heir apparent to Stewart I don't care how good some of these shows have been they're not yeah. the nightly fire, the nightly hearth that well, you join around. But John Stewart, and not to take away from his talent, John Stewart was in the right place at the right time. I mean, he jumped in that train during the height of anti-Bushism. I think it's entirely possible that now we're in the era of the Orange Goblin, we're going to see a new John Stewart 5.0, the turbocharged John Stewart. You know, what John Stewart was to George W. Bush, we're going to get someone a lot more powerful to Donald Trump. I think it's entirely possible. Mm. I'll just I'll cut mm. to like a zoom in on this, and then we'll yeah. edit around. Okay. <laughs> this is based on a you know, true story. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. You can't laugh at it. You can't laugh at it. Here we go. Elvin, man. All right, here we go. I won't look at you. All right, don't look at me. Yeah. We got it. We got it. We got it. All right, here we got it. So this is a. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is based on the truth. <laughs> How about this? Would yeah. you have uh, would you have dug this bullshit when you were a kid? Would you have been into it at all? Probably. I don't think I would have worshipped okay. him the way I worship Letterman. I think I would have looked at this. I would have definitely been less cynical about these celebrities are just screwing around and having a good time. And I would have been eager to join them. And I would have felt like the keys to the kingdom are somehow playing my own stupid party games with people who you wouldn't expect to play stupid party games. So I don't think I would have been passionate about it, but I do not think I would have turned my nose up to it. And I definitely would have looked at Jimmy Fallon as, um, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. What about you? When we were younger, closest comparison, I think, was uh, Arsenio. By the time Arsenio came on the air, I was already a teenager. And I think uh, I wasn't watching Late Night, but I certainly wasn't watching Arsenio. Uh, It wasn't my choice of format. I didn't like how, um, not unconventional, but how irreverent or it didn't have the same veneer of uh, the, the rainbow curtain of Carson or the sort of um, the, the window smashing sound that Letterman had. There was something about it. When 
I was a kid, I had fantasies about Los Angeles and Hollywood, right? And I would look at TV and there was this idea that there was a city called Los Angeles and there was a fantasy that it was larger than life and it was filled with people like John Wayne. It was filled with people like Johnny Carson. That's what Los Angeles was and that's the kind of credibility. That's the guy who ran town. It was 1992, I believe, was Carson's last year. And right. I watched him all, all throughout. It was a big deal, I thought. And, and, you know, he announced when he was leaving in advance and put up, uh, you know, a pretty good a pretty good uh, exit show on the way out the door. And it affected me. I, I thought there was really something to it. I didn't want to watch somebody who was palling around with Bill Clinton on a saxophone. Not that that wasn't a cool moment. Any more than I'd want to watch him play, uh, what is that stupid thing they do with Horatio Sands? They use mannequin arms to make ice cream sandwiches. And yeah. it's like, it's a complete fucking mess that Fallon does. It's like, I don't want to see that. What I want to see is that there's some sense of decorum. There's some sense of respect that there's a gatekeeper. I mean, I don't, I'm not into gatekeepers in life, but a thing, I, I feel like if you have a guy like Carson, Carson was this venerable figure who seemed to have this respect. It's like he earned it, and if he's going to do it, then he's the guy for the job. Just the same way Sinatra was his own little gatekeeper. And granted, the time for that is gone. That age is past. Yeah. But that was the last vestige of what I would consider like an acceptable gatekeeper just because it was almost like his game. I can say confidently I would not have liked Fallon just because it would have played into that same. There's no teachers, there's no parents, the kids, the, in the fucking inmates are running the zoo. But that's what I liked about Letterman was that I felt like, how did this get on TV? This is just some weird, crazy guy with a demented sense of humor like me. This is the weirdos rising up and getting their little slice of the pie. I mean, I think Letterman's influence on modern entertainment cannot be over stated the idea that everyone from you know jimmy fallon's example from mcdonald's on down needs to run an ad campaign where they're convincing people they're weird because otherwise no one will trust them Is my dislike and or hatred of the subject based in jealousy? What say you, Bill Scurry? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to lie yeah. about that at all because the talk show to me was something I grew up thinking it was a cultural, especially the Tonight Show in particular, is a brand unlike any other on earth. Um, and I think of it as this sterling thing that no matter who occupies it, I mean, even all those years of Leno being inside of it could not have possibly dragged it down. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Fallon has destroyed it, but I think it's like seeing one of those old houses with great bones that you, it's crawling with kudzu and mold and the window is broken, but it's still this massive palace that history happened inside of at some point. At any moment, you could rehabilitate the chateau into something that it, you know, in whatever its uh, ancien regime uh, glory. For the moment, it's not there. Am I the guy who thinks that he would have been fit for that job? I don't know, man, but I always thought that Carson was the avatar cool. And so the fact that Jimmy Fallon gets to be the heir to Johnny Carson is just sort of insane. And I realize he's actually the heir to Leno, not Carson. And, and Leno was not the heir to Johnny Carson. But wait, I want to get at what you said. I don't think you answered the jealousy question. I think you talked about particularly why you personally don't like him and his iteration of The Tonight Show. Jealousy would imply, you know, the sour grapes, the, oh, he sucks. But what you really mean is, I wish I were him. I only wish I was him. Well, first of all, I think he wears excellent suits. His suits yes. are immaculately cut. Yes. The costume. You're jealous of his the, wardrobe. The, 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 yes. The wardrobe yes. over, the, they do a great job. And, uh, you know, I would say... 
and and to be honest, one of the best things that he did for entertainment is he put the roots on TV every night, which is a real achievement. Yes, I, of, I appreciate that. I'm yeah. jealous of him because of the station. He inhabits, not because of the job he's doing or something, anything he's getting personally. I would prefer that people not think of me the way I think people think of him. That's a real dissuasive thing. It's not like you have a mm-hmm. venerable figure in pop culture. Jimmy Fallon is somebody who people I know and respect in comedy are really shaky with. Um, in my heart of hearts, I'm a talk show host, right? And I'm a talk show right. host back in 1978. That's my job. Right. I'm wearing a polyester suit, talking to George Burns. That's my thing. Sounds like fun. It does sound like fun, right? John yeah, Denver is yeah. coming up next. <laughs> and then Kiki D. So what about you? Are you jealous of this guy or what? 100%. I am very (laughs) jealous of him. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Start somewhere. Well, I'm sure he does much better with the ladies than I ever have. So there's that. I, as a kid, I dreamed of nothing more than being on Saturday Night Live. When I first saw him show up on SNL, you know, young white guy, the role that I wanted to fill, I was probably jealous then. I went through a period, probably not a long period, where I viewed myself as a potential talk show host. So there's that. Look, I'm a performer for a living. I dreamed of being famous at various points in my life. I've made peace with the fact that I will probably never be. You're the most famous person I know, man. (laughs) Well, you got to work on that, my friend. So the sense of him doing these sketches, hey, I'm hanging out with all my celebrity buddies. I mean, that was a fantasy of mine as a kid. I mean, you know me. What, What is a perfect Friday night for me? A bunch of people getting together in a friend's apartment, eating snacks and playing party games. And this is, this guy gets to do this on TV. TV and he gets talked about the next day and he gets paid a lot of money for it. Jimmy Fallon basically gets paid a lot of money and a lot of love and a lot of attention for doing my hobbies, playing stupid games and singing karaoke. So yeah, I'm jealous of him. Oh, perfect, man. You, you That's exactly it. But you know, I'll try to separate it out for a moment. I still stand by my belief that his comedy is mediocre. As much as I might be quote unquote jealous of funny people who made it, I think I am able to say when funny people who made it earned it or deserved it or really have something special versus when they fell ass backwards into it, like Jimmy Fallon. And I won't even say he didn't earn it. You know, I don't know how much of these ideas he came up with, but as I say, they're very canny ideas for our modern comedy, our modern culture. So every came up with it did earn it and he does put in effort i give him that credit yeah i'm jealous i want it to be lauren michael's boy fuck it didn't happen i wanted to hang out with celebrities too but the difference is yeah. instead of talking to um jennifer lopez and lady gaga i wanted them to be robert goulet Artie johnson and john biner i i, I think all those people are dead now <laughs> Uh, so I believe that brings us to the end of another uh, hellish yeah. roundelay through show business. As usual, if we have to give a recap of the score at the end, we lose and they win. <laughs> Where do we find Bill Scurry? Well, Bill Scurry is available on uh, Twitter at, at William Scurry, and I'm on AM Caesar at YouTube. That's where you can find my filmmaking work. Uh, Noah Tarno is found at at Noah Tarno on Twitter. And uh, you can go to thebigquizthing.com to uh, know more about Noah's professional show. We do live quiz shows nationwide. Speaking of kissing ass, we did an event recently for the governor of North Dakota. So now the governor of North Dakota is a fan of the Big Quiz Thing. You dream big, you just might get there. So find past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can tweet us, uh, not just one of our individual accounts, but you can look at the body politic at at Noah and Bill show on Twitter. You can email us at Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. And uh, you can just visit our website. I don't get it podcast.com. And I believe that yes, takes indeed. care of the whole schmear. All right. See you next time. See you next time on. I, I know. I, I do get I, it. I do get it. So it's regrettable, I but, it, I, I, but get I, it. I get it. I don't like it.
production of American Caesar Enterprises 2017.